you are listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant congregation outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin. You can learn more about us at BethelCov.org. Thanks for listening. Yeah, one more. Perfect. Uh, so, um, as I was thinking about, as we've been talking about what it means to, to follow Jesus, what it means to, uh, you know, uh, be more like Jesus, what it means to be disciples, I was thinking about kind of, uh, you know, I think a lot of us, and me included, we kind of think of our, our lives like a pie. Uh, and maybe the reason I think of my life like a pie is because I just love pie so much. And this was a great excuse to have pictures of pie all over the, the sermon this week. Uh, but... But I think we tend to think of our lives uh, this way sometimes. Uh, we have all kinds of different things that matter to us, right? Uh, we have all these different uh, pieces, uh, and, and everything kind of gets a, a, different, a different slice of us, you know? Um, we've got a, a part of us that um, we are when we're with our friends. There's, there's a way we are uh, at work, and, and there's this way that we sort of try and divide our life up uh, so that we are, are doing kind of the right thing, you know? And so if you're, you're here at church or you're uh, a part of church, you know, there's a, there's a slice of your pie for faith or, or God, and depending upon your religion or your uh, generation, you might say, you know, a slice for religion, a slice for uh, how you are with your family and the amount of time that you give to your family. Maybe there's a slice for your, your, your politics, your political views, what you think about stuff, your opinions on that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe there's a slice for how you use your money or how you think about your money. Maybe there's a slice for your career or your friends or, or your fun. And, and if you're anything like me, if you think over the course of your life, um, those pie pieces aren't always exactly the same size, right? You know, if you're working a job, a big piece of that pie is, is your work, because that's where you are all day long, right? I remember my first year of college, um, my pie would have looked like um, probably three quarters, this girl that I was dating, <laughs> uh, and, and it's Aaron, and so it's not awkward, and, and everything else... <laughs> And everything else kind of crammed into that last little piece. That was me um, for like basically all four years of college. <laughs> so, so we all kind of cut our pie, our pie differently. And, and each slice is really important, um, but, but they're different. And I think most of us try and keep um, some of them pulled, pulled away from each other. Um, and, and growing up, uh, and in, in my life, I, I've, faith has always been a part of, a part of my pie. And maybe you've had this experience before, but um, the experience that I've had is oftentimes um, pastors and preachers and small groups and, and church people and Christian books, um, at least the message that I got growing up was that faith slice is just, it's just not quite big enough, right? Uh, and so you'd hear a, um, you know, I'd hear a, a sermon and the pastor would encourage me, you know, you know, what does God want for you, Todd? Or a mentor, you know, what does God want for you? Well, uh, if you'd asked me that question for a lot of my life, I would have said, God wants like a little bit more from you. Um, and maybe you've heard a message like that right here at Bethel, because it's an easy message to pick up, you know, is if you've listened to enough sermons, if you've read uh, the Bible enough, if you've uh, read enough Christian books, you might have this idea that God... Um, probably just wants that, that slice to be just a little bit bigger, you know. Um, God wants you to come to church more often, you know, maybe on another night a week too. Uh, God really wants you to join 
a small group or give a little bit more financially or spend more time reading the Bible. I remember when I was a kid, it seemed like everybody was always telling me that I should read the Bible just a little bit more than however much I was already reading it. Uh, maybe you feel like um, what God wants for you is to pray more or serve more. If you've heard this message, like, you know, what God really wants for you is to have a nice big uh, slice, that you'd be a moral person, or that you'd go on a missions trip, or you'd follow the rules better, that maybe um, what God wants from us is just to have us cut a bigger slice of our life. Um, but the trouble is that when you start to do that, um, you still got to fit the other stuff in, right? Yeah, you still have to go to work, and, and it still matters, you know, uh, what you do with your family, and, and, and how, you, how you spend your money, and, and you know, how you continue living as a person. And so that faith slice, it, it, it can only get so big, right? Because you got to pay the bills and, and you probably shouldn't be ignoring your family to like pray extra. Um, uh, the hard thing is that that stuff, that stuff matters. And so the question that I grew up with um, was, how do we find that balance? You know, how does faith, how does God fit into our lives so that we can continue doing the things that we need to do and we want to do? And you know, maybe one way to look at it is like, God, how much do I have to give you that you'll be happy and that I can keep managing the rest of my life the way, the way I like to or the way I need to? And I think um, <clears throat> our scripture speaks so directly to this because in, in Jesus' day, um, people, uh, they were all trying to answer this question too. Um, just like today, they're they trying to figure out how do you cut your pie. Um, the, one of the things, and th this is about me a little bit, but what I see reflected in, in scripture is that um, people generally want to do the right thing on one side. Um, I think almost all people, there's a part of them, even the people that you think are really, really bad, right? Uh, even the worst people, they, they want to do the right thing. Um, and then the trouble is all people, even the people that are really good are also like really, really selfish, <laughs> Uh, so, so and, and people in the Bible's day were, were just the same. You know, they were trying to divide their lives well. They were trying to do the right thing. They were trying to please God, to be good people, to make sure that their pie was cut in the right way. Uh, and, and I love uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 because uh, this one time, uh, Jesus is teaching a group of people uh, a group of people that have been following him, you know. And so they've been following him, asking him these questions, um, trying to get good answers out of him, and, and they're gathering. And finally, Jesus sits down on, on the side of a mountain, and he, and he teaches these people. And, and the people that are gathered, they're, they're a lot like us. Um, they're very different from us, but, but they're also the same. You know, they're pulled in every direction, too. Uh, they have all kinds of things that are really important and they don't know how to balance them. And so here's Jesus. He's sitting on this mountainside, and he's talking to all these people, uh, all these people who are cutting their pies in, in different sorts of ways, who have different priorities, uh, but they're all doing that same thing that we're trying to do. How do, you, how do you cut the pie? Perfect. Exactly. So here are some of the different kinds of people. We talked about them last week. Um, so there's, uh, you know, there's the guy with our, with our Bible. Uh, that guy represents the, what we call in the Bible the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Um, they were trying to be good. They were trying to order their lives to cut their pie uh, by following God's word perfectly. And they thought, uh, if I give God a big slice of my life, if I make sure that everything I eat is right, 
If I make sure that I give the right amount to the temple, if I make sure that I do the right things every day and never step on God's law and teach others to do the same, then then I'll be a good person, right? And so um, we've got our, our fists there in the middle. These are, these are the zealots. They thought to be good, uh, they had to, to resist the, this uh, Roman Empire that was occupying their land. Um, so to be good, we've got we've to revolt. We've got to fight the, uh, these oppressors. We've got to fight back. Uh, another group of people at the time, and, and um, you know, that's a little Roman architecture is the best I could find. You know, we've got our little building there. That's, that's the Roman government. And they, they tell you, you've got to cut your pie uh, in such a way that you don't get in Rome's way because um, we're good. They were trying to be good by building a large, peaceful empire with culture and buildings. And, and how awesome is that? Uh, in Jesus' day, you also had the, the people that had a little bit of money to, to spare. And, and just like us today, they're, they're trying to be good. They're trying to do the right thing with their things. Uh, how much do I have to give so that I know that I'm doing the right thing and I continue living my life? And finally, there's sort of one other group of people that follows Jesus. And they're... Um, <clears throat> they're sick people, they're hurt people, and they're people that, are, um, that really don't feel good, uh, that know they've done wrong things, uh, people whose circumstances um, are suggesting to them that God doesn't really like them, right? Things are not going well for this group of people that's following Jesus. They know they aren't good. They know they've done something wrong, and, and they so desperately want to be a little better. And so you've got all these kinds of people, and they're sitting around on, on the hill and listening to Jesus talk. Uh, and, and, you know, they're there for all kinds of reasons. Some of them are there because um, Jesus is, like, sort of famous, and it's kind of a cool place to be. Uh, some people are there because they've heard that Jesus says some, some interesting things and they, they want to hear that. Some of them are there uh, just because there's nothing else going on and, and there's a big crowd. And so, you know, if you ever see like a really long line somewhere, sometimes you just get in line because you want to know what's so exciting, right? Um, and they're hoping, uh, the people that follow Jesus, they're hoping, they're, they're asking him questions through his, uh, his whole uh, time on earth and in their hearts. And as they're listening to his teaching, they're, they're asking questions of Jesus. You know, they're wanting to know from him, okay, Jesus, what really matters? You know, how do I cut my pie? Um, what more do I need to do? Almost everybody that runs into Jesus is like, okay, Jesus, I did this, this, and this. What else do I need uh, to do, you know? Uh, where do I start uh, so that God will be pleased with me? Um, and they ask him all these kinds of questions. You know, how far is too far? Um, who should I vote for? Um, and they didn't have to vote, but what should I do politically? What do I need to do to please God? How much money should I give to the temple? Um, other questions they would ask. How often should I pray? Uh, what rules do I really need to follow? And what rules aren't all that important? What's enough? What's required of me? How often should I forgive someone? Uh, what do I do when someone's really mean to me? These are all the questions that are just like in our hearts when we approach Scripture. God, how do you want us to live? What are you asking from me? And, and they're looking for Jesus to tell them uh, that thing that I think many of us wish that, that God would tell us. They say, like, how much of the pie is enough, Jesus? Don't say a little bit more of this and a little bit more of that, but like, where's the line? How do I know that I've given enough to you so that I can continue uh, handling the other important things in my life? How big a slice do you want? Man, Patrick, you're doing awesome. Um, I'm just going to never do the clicker again. This is great. 
how big a slice do you want, God? And how much do I get to keep for myself? And, and for me, growing up in the church and, and attending uh, church all the time and reading the Bible a lot, um, I so desperately as a kid wanted somebody to answer that question for me. Like, just tell me exactly where the line is so that I can get right up to it and not cross it. <laughs> and every time somebody asks Jesus a question like this, he, he usually tells them a story or, like, changes the subject. Um, and you can tell that they get frustrated because he won't give them that line. But finally, it's almost like um, Jesus is tired of hearing those questions. Finally, in, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we have a collection of of some of Jesus' lines, uh, some of the things that, that Jesus taught. Um, and he says, it's almost, it almost reads like this. It's almost like Jesus is saying, okay, fine. You guys have been asking me where the line is. If you really want to know uh, where the line is, here it, here it is. And, and we're not going to read through all this. We're just going to kind of jump around a little bit. And he starts by talking about the sorts of people that... Uh, are going to be around him. That's the Beatitudes. He, he talks about um, what it means to be a, a different sort of person because you're because you know Jesus. And then he he starts getting at some of these like some of these lines that people were asking him all the time. He says, you know, you've heard that it's said, don't uh, commit murder. He says, well, guess what? Even if you shout a curse at someone, uh, you're tiptoeing up to the edge of hell. He says, and you're like, whoa, slow down, Jesus. He says, you've heard it said, don't cheat on your spouse. Well, I say, don't even look at somebody else. You've heard it said, keep your oaths. If you swear, keep your promises. And Jesus says, I say to you, every word you say, you ought to keep like a promise. He says, uh, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Uh, to us, that sounds harsh, you know, an eye for an eye, that seems pretty brutal. Uh, but in Jesus' day and in the law, it was designed to stop people from overdoing it when someone wronged them, right? So if somebody hurt your arm, you were not allowed to break two of their arms, right? It, it was designed to stop that from happening. Jesus says, you've heard it said, if, if somebody takes your eye, you get to take as much as their eye, and Jesus says, you've heard it said, retaliate only within reason. But I say, love your enemies and pray for your attackers. And, and I just imagine everybody that's gathered there with Jesus, all those different people, uh, a few slides ago, you don't have to go back. I just imagine them all saying, they're like, I, I'm sorry I asked, <laughs> right? Like, I, you know what, Jesus, um, I'd rather not have the lines. Let's go back to the stories. Those are much more comfortable, <laughs> Um, and, and he concludes it with this verse that um, drives me crazy. And it's Matthew 5, 48. He says, uh, you know, he leads up to this. He's talking about all these different things. He says, actually, you know what? Uh, if you want to know where the line is, if you want to know what to do, he says, just be perfect. <laughs> just be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Is that it, Jesus? <laughs> Awesome. All, all we got to do is, is be perfect. Uh, we'll get right on that, Jesus. <laughs> I, never, I never thought of that. The whole thing, we just got to be perfect. That's just, it's perfect. So there you go, church. Thank you for coming. Go and be perfect. Man, we can, we can end almost on time. <laughs> uh, no, but, 
but before we get too worried, and this, this passage drives us crazy because it's so intense. Be perfect like God is perfect. Before we get too worried about uh, this word, I'm going to add a little bit of nuance to it. But don't let it, um, don't let it completely uh, fall away. That, that word that's translated in, as perfect in your Bible is uh, a Greek word, uh, telos, um, which means uh, a few different things. Uh, you can understand a telos as an end, like, like a finish line in, in Greek thought is, is telos. So uh, be, be like uh, the end of the race. Another word that we might use for telos that your Bible translates as, uh, instead of perfect, they'd say whole, complete. Uh, so, so Jesus is saying, um, you know, that piece of pie uh, without, without any pieces cut out of it, that's a telos pie. It's a perfect pie. It's a whole and complete pie. Another word would be mature or finished or have arrived. And so the, the question that we have to ask ourselves is what is Jesus really asking for here? What is he asking for when he says be perfect? Well, um, Jesus tells a lot of stories about this throughout uh, your, your scripture. One time, um, Jesus tells uh, a story about being perfect like this. He says, uh, it's like you discovered a buried treasure in your neighbor's yard, and it was too heavy for you to steal in the middle of the night. These are the kind of stories that Jesus likes to tell. It was too heavy for you to steal in the middle of the night, so you sold everything that you had so that you could buy your neighbor's yard. And that treasure would be yours. He says, that's what the kingdom of God is like. That's what it means to follow me. It's like selling everything you have to buy a piece of land that you know is more valuable than anything you might offer. Or he says, it's like a merchant who discovers a really valuable pearl being sold by somebody who has no idea what it's worth. And the merchant sells everything he has because he knows that that pearl is worth more uh, than everything that he that he owns. Jesus says, that's what the kingdom of God is like. It's like uh, abandoning everything for a field that's worth more than the sum of your possessions. And I think this is what Jesus is trying to say when he says, be whole and complete and perfect. He says it here and, and all over the gospels, uh, and, it, and it's really repeated in different ways all over the New Testament. Uh, in different uh, times and places, different people's mouths, the answer to this question is, is repeated because people are always asking. And, and since the very beginning of Scripture and in our own lives, I think we're always asking uh, that same question. How much is enough for God? How much is enough to earn God's favor, to be good, to be okay, so that on balance our lives are better than, than they need to be? And over and over again, culminating in Jesus' answer uh, here, it's the same. And the answer is this, that God uh, doesn't want a bigger piece of your pie. God doesn't want a bigger piece of your pie. He wants the whole thing. He wants you, uh, telos, whole, complete, perfect. He wants the complete, finished, total, holding nothing back, you, uh, God doesn't want to be a part of your life. He doesn't want a little more of you or a bigger piece of your slice or, or your good behavior. He doesn't want a little bit more of your time or a little bit more of your Bible reading or a little bit more of your rule following or even more really, really good deeds. You could cut the biggest possible slice of that pie and cram everything else into the tiniest little sliver. And God would say, that's not what I'm looking for. I want you. 
Uh, He wants all of you. He wants to transform all of you, um, starting in the ways that you live in your workplaces and in your home and at church. And he wants to go all the way down past the surface and transform your heart. God doesn't want you to put on a a better face with your family or give a bigger offering or do just a little bit more. He wants you. And as Christians, we believe that he sent his own son to die and rise again so that that uh, thing, that part of your life that you'd rather just handle yourself, that that sin, that thing that you don't like about yourself that you don't tell anybody about and you don't want to even have God see it, that thing that you hide from God and yourself and others, that, that part of you that's not quite right, that really selfish thing that is inside of all human beings, the, the churchy word for that is sin. He wants to take that sin and change it and wipe it away and transform your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit so that you might be able to be made not just a person with a nice big chunk of your pie given away to God, but a whole new person that God made you to be from the start. God wants to remake us, not just at church, but in every slice of your life. And you can put the, you can put the slice one. I think that's next on there. Oh, no, that's right. You can go back, Patrick. You're doing good. Um, <laughs> And it's, it's scary that God wants our whole pie. It's scary that God wants our whole pie because we think we know better. We think we'll just be a little bit happier if we can control those things, even if we have to give God a big chunk. We think we'll be happier keeping a little bit of our old self happy and sprinkling a little Jesus on the rest of our lives. But Christ promised that if we come to him, if we follow him, our whole uh, perfect, complete selves will find life in him. Another way he puts it, he says, if you want to find your life, lose it for me. Because being a disciple, uh, being more like Jesus, this is, this is what we're talking about. Following uh, God, becoming who God always meant us to be is not about doing a little bit more. It's about finally giving up on that where is the line, what does it take question, and putting our hope and trust in Jesus and who he is and his sacrifice alone for our value, our future, and our hope. And maybe you've done that before, and it's easy to forget, but maybe you haven't. Maybe you've always uh, tried to just give God a little bit more to make him happy with you. Maybe you show up at church and you're nice and you give some money away and you're a pretty decent person on balance than other people you know. Maybe you've been living your life trying to cut a little bit of a bigger slice or even a huge slice of your pie for God and trying to manage the rest on your own up until now. I know I did that for a long time. And if that's you, what I want to tell you today, again, is that God doesn't want another concession from you. He doesn't want another good step in the right direction. He just wants you. He died for you. He rose for you. And if you're ready, he's waiting to take your life and give you back an eternal one. And it starts by uh, giving up on giving enough and instead, coming before God and, and praying, and, and that's that night. There we go. And praying, um, you know, and the way that I think about this is the simple thing. We start with um, what we need from God. 
When we come to to Jesus to to be transformed, we start with what we need. We say, here I am, Lord. I don't have enough. I can't possibly offer you a big enough slice. I know I do evil things and wrong things and things that hurt you and things that hurt others. I know I'm not perfect. I need. Because there are parts of my life that I don't want you or anyone to see. And I'm sorry The next thing we pray uh, is, I believe for the sake of your son Jesus and what he did on the cross and what he did uh, rising from the dead, forgive me and make me yours. Make me new. And that's what it means to turn, to say, Christ, here's my life. Here's every part of me, my work and my family and my hobbies and my church stuff and and this activity that interests me and this person I care about. I give it all to you and I want you to transform me into the person you want me to be in those places. I need, I believe, and I turn. And if you've never said that to God, I, I encourage you when we pray today to do that. I encourage you to talk to our prayer person after the service. Because Jesus died to defeat that thing that holds on to you, that selfishness that uh, no matter how hard you try, you just can't get out of your heart. In the church, we, we call it sin, but it's that thing that drives you to make excuses and take advantage of others and turn a blind eye to people who need help. It's that thing that tells you, just add a little Jesus here as long as I can keep this part for myself. It's that destructive habit, that unforgiveness, that hatred, or that uh, life undisturbed. Jesus died to defeat the sin that holds us captive. And he rose to defeat the death that awaits us. So that we might be promised eternal life. He wants to recreate you. He wants to give you eternal life today. He wants to reconcile you. He wants to heal your division between him and you, your division between you and yourself, and the division between you and other people. He wants to make all of you new at home, at work, at church, at school, with your friends and your family members. He wants to make you a new person, not the same person with a little religion. And he promises to hold on to you, not just now, but forever. That's what he offers us. Will we accept it? Would you pray with me? Lord God, we work so hard to disguise our need by giving a little bit more, by misdirecting, by convincing ourselves we're on balance a little better than everybody else. But God, you know the truth. And if we're honest, we do too. We all need you. We've fallen short and the things that we try to do are just never going to be enough. Lord, we need you. And so we thank you, God, that you sent your son to live and die and rise again so that if we look to you, we might be saved saved from death at the end of our lives and promised resurrection, saved from sin and selfishness that holds on to us and holds us captive, saved from the drive and the desire to accomplish maybe just a little bit more so that we'll feel like we're enough. We thank you for what you've done. And so, Lord, we stand before you and ask, would you um, transform us? 
We turn to you away from that old stuff and we say, God, change us into who you want us to be. Here is our pie. Would you take it and lead us in every area of our lives? We thank you, Lord, for the gift and sacrifice of your son, Jesus. We thank you that he died and that he rose again from the dead. We thank you for the promise that one day we'll rise again from the dead if we follow you as well. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant church outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin, and you can find out more about us at BethelCov.org.